TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Stories of that game and what happened in the clubhouse is just fantastic. There's no game that can bleep you like this one. <laughs> it's Roycey on baseball. Let's go. Manny Hill and Ricey here, Ricey on Baseball. We have the TK doubleheader coming up. Uh, Tom Kelly and Tim Kirkchen, uh, they are with us every other week. Buster only on the opposite week and uh, uh, occasional special guests. So we're having a great time talking baseball, and it certainly makes it easier uh, when your team, as of Monday morning, has the best record in baseball by winning, winning percentage. Now... Let me sound the alarm, okay? <laughs> uh, last week they went four and two. There was a, a shoddy uh, line of uh, play during the week that we hadn't seen previously. Uh, yeah. Chris Cro- Christopher Crone, who'd been playing, CJ Crone, who'd been playing terrific first base, had a had a couple of balls skip by him, didn't make a scoop on a bad throw, uh, had a had a rougher time than he's had at first. A uh, lot of uh, bad throws being made from the uh, from the left side of the infield. Uh, get the ball. Adrianza had an error that was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, you got the guy out by twenty feet. Just make the throw. Don't flip it over there like you're, uh, you know, Wade Boggs or somebody. Don't make, try to be cute. Make the play. No, don't try to be cute. That would be one where. Uh, I don't know if Rocco did this, but Tom Kelly would have sat down next to him and had about a five-minute discussion on mm-hmm. uh, get the out when it's there. Uh, just uh, Garver had a rough, you know, had the roughest time he's had in a while yeah. uh, behind the plate too. A few things that uh, hadn't we hadn't seen before came back. The third baseman booted a couple around, and now, of course, part of the problem last weekend could have been uh, you had what we now refer to. As the R.A. umpiring crew, uh, Hunter Wendelstedt, who threw a guy out the first night, mm-hmm. Angel Hernandez, <laughs> whose ineptitude has reached new heights, as we saw. I mean, yes. they, he helped the Twins win a game the other day. Uh, second base, that Carapaza, mm-hmm. who loves to throw guys out. He's Richie Garcia's son-in-law, and Richie was you know, you'd have to work hard to get thrown out by Richie, but Vic's got the red ass. And this Jordan Baker throws guys out, too. He's the younger umpire. Yeah. Carapaza threw somebody from, was it from Houston? He, last week threw a guy out who was yelling at Angel. Really? He was the, he was the first base ump, and the guy, he, you know, Angel had robbed him on a hit. And then he put the ball in play, and as he's running it, down to first base, he's yelling back at Angel, who didn't hear him. So Carapaza throws him out at first base, even though that's how much this crew like to throw people out. Angel man. had a bad night behind the plate, man. He's gotten worse. Do, do you think Angel enjoys being this? No, like no, I don't. I disliked don't. and and just the, thought just of bad. I I think he just he must he must look in the mirror like uh, you know the guy on. Uh, Stuart Smiley used to on Saturday Night Live. The uh, you know I'm good enough and God dang it, uh, you know tells himself because uh, it it can't be fun to miss pitches that badly. Here's one of Angel's problems. He's been around I think long enough. He probably goes back before the K zone, mm-hmm. so you could get away with it. Yeah, you know you could get away with it. And I I think he umpires off the catcher's glove. 
Mm-hmm. I think if the catcher's glove doesn't move, it's a strike, high, low, whatever, and he doesn't. He does not get the low pitch. He's he's I, he's not a big fat guy like some of them. Right. He can see the low pitch, but he doesn't call a low pitch. Because uh, I I look at that thing from last week with the 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 Yankee Blue Jay game that he that he was behind the plate for, and the one that went right down the right middle down of the, the middle. Plate. Yeah, it's like Angel. Yeah. <laughs> what are you looking yeah, at? That was a foot above the knees. <laughs> yeah. Was, uh, and it's right uh, down the pipe. Yeah. And uh and and that that's I am shocked that Yost and uh he knew you knew he missed that that pitch was it like last Saturday that was you know a foot. Mm-hmm. It was it was six inches high and six inches off the plate. Who was it? A pretty good Kansas City hitter was a Sol- no, it wasn't Solar. I can't remember who it was. But he called the guy out. But they were rallying, mm-hmm. you know. And how they never and Yost was screaming at him, and Angel knew he missed it to the point that he didn't he didn't because usually he's didn't got respond. the rabbit ears as we used to yeah. call them. And so anyway, uh, here's my alarm. Okay. Now, the Indians just pounded the hell last weekend out of poor Guardy's team. Mm-hmm. Their, their lineup actually showed some life. Now, whether that was because of the Tigers. Uh, but they're now playing better, right? Mm-hmm. And you know who's playing pretty good? The Mighty Whiteys. Yeah. The Mighty Whiteys are playing they pretty good. They picked it up a little bit. So you're 10 ahead. There, you got the best record uh, going into this week with the Red Sox coming to town, but it's baseball. You know, there's 90 left, uh, and you can go on the road and go one and six, and all of a sudden, if Cleveland wins ten five games in a row, is six, ten games yeah. is five, and then all of it. There's no guarantee that this thing is not going to get. I'll, you know, I'm not going to say it's going to get down to one or two, but I guarantee if it gets down to six, it can get down to two in a hurry, mm-hmm. right? Especially, Rios is fine, Gibby's fine, but you got two starting pitchers now, right? Mm-hmm. Since Martin Perez has become Martin Perez, he was, you know, Sunday he had 13 in a row retired after he stunk up at the, at the start game. of the game, but yep. he's he's marginal. You know, and the bullpen. Is, well, Odorizzi, I got to throw. I mean, Odorizzi's sure. been good. I mean, they have three starters, Odorizzi. But you got, you know, that's all you have is three. And you have, you trust, in the bullpen, you trust Taylor Rogers, mm-hmm. and you should. And you've, you've, take, you've started to trust Trevor May, even though he drives you nuts <laughs> by going three and two on everybody. But he's yep. your only option. And you trust this Ryan Harper, who's, you know, you know, dazzling people with his 60-mile-an-hour curveball. <laughs> but you don't trust anybody else. Yeah, everybody else so makes you nervous. Somebody said they don't have any depth in their bullpen. I said, oh, they got depth because they got five guys in Rochester that they can <laughs> – they're interchangeable. The last <laughs> the last five guys in that bullpen are interchangeable. They're, they're, like, the, they're like the fourth line in hockey. Yeah. You can go down to Iowa and get three guys that are the same as the – Three guys you have planned now. Well, and then the other day they they call up Fernando Romero to hope and try and get something out of him, and then he can't he can't get anybody out. What happened to him? I don't know. I loved him last spring. Well, and they were hoping they were hoping he was going to be a big part of their their power arm and their. They don't have a. 
I mean, Taylor Rogers is throws harder than anybody. We we don't think of him as a hard thrower, mm-hmm. but you know he if he grunts, he can throw ninety seven, ninety six. Mm-hmm. But they don't have every everybody talks about velocity in the bullpens. Kansas City's got more velocity in the bullpen than yeah. they do. The Twins don't have any velocity in the bullpen, uh, really. Yeah. Uh, so uh, and Romero was supposed to provide that, and boy, he came up here in this time and just you know. They wanted him to stay, mm-hmm. and he was so rotten. He didn't get an out, he right? Didn't, he did not retire a batter. Yeah, nope. they sent him back. So And brought back Zach Littell. Meanwhile, yes, who, by the way, they were telling us how great he pitched in the bullpen. And then you get, you get like, three close ball games, and we never saw him. Right. <laughs> we never saw him. I think we're holding him for a long – I think they're holding him for a long relief in some uh, – in case somebody gets pounded. But uh, are, are you at all surprised how the crowds have come roaring back? I'm not terribly surprised. I'm a little disappointed that we didn't see this a little bit earlier. And obviously the weather played a role in that. And, and I think there were still, I think some fans were still sort of like, when they got off to the nice start, I think there were a lot of fans that were like, yeah, yeah we'll wait and see. Yeah. We'll see if this stays up. And then. You know, obviously, now that they're atop the standings, and we've seen enough of them now, I think a lot of people have started to file in. But the longtime Ricey theory, and probably in, bas- in ba- baseball more than any sport, unexpected success mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, 2001. There was, yeah, it was excitement. They were 57 and 33, I think, mm-hmm. uh, at the All Star because it came out of nowhere. Yeah, and this. Uh, yeah, I think this. A lot of people said, "Well, we thought they were going to be better." I think this came out of nowhere too. I think people thought they would be improved from last year, yeah. but nobody could have expected this. No, I don't think. and uh, unexpected. I I told this story on Twitter that I was getting out of the car at Barley's on Saturday morning, and some guy says, "Ricey, loving those twins, <laughs> loving those twins." Just some guy, you know, mm-hmm. driving a work truck, a forty-five-year-old guy who was out fixing stuff on a Saturday morning. Sure. And I was saying, last year it was, hey, you think Cousins can take us to the Super Bowl? <laughs> Nobody mentioned it. Last, same guy, yeah. If the same guy had been there, it would have been, I think Cousins can take us to the Super Bowl. So <laughs> the optimism has, uh, has infected. They got to get a bullpen City. arm, though, Pat. Judd thinks they should get two bullpen arms. Well, let's get let's let them get one and get, then get see one how and that see. works out. But I think that they need an arm, whether it's a starter or a reliever, and then mm-hmm. see what happens. But uh, I think it's going to take – before they're going to pay a price, though, I think it's going to get take get knocked around a little, you know. To, a little to, bit more. To go on the road and get – you know, have a one-and-five road trip or something, and then, mm-hmm. then they might get a little more panic. All right. Hey, Tom Kelly, Tim Kirchner, how are you going to beat that? Uh, we'll be back. Uh, Ricey, Manny Hill, Ricey on Baseball. Planning for a secure future requires sound investment advice. That's why I rely on my guy, Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold, for guidance in planning and maintaining a long-term financial strategy. This is Ricey, and I've known Josh for many years. I trust Josh and recommend him because he listens and delivers the kind of service that you'll need to feel confident about your financial future. I encourage you to get to know him the same way I did many years ago. Call Josh Arnold at 952 952- 
952-925-5608 and set up your 48-minute no-obligation consultation. Call 952-925-5608. You'll always get straight talk, not sugar-coated advice. Call Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold at 952-925-5608. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. Tom Kelly is with us, uh, and uh, eventful weekend, to say the least. Boy, there are a lot of those mowers. I didn't realize we had that many mowers. Man, alive. They have their own phone book. <laughs> They distribute in, in St. Paul area, and uh, <laughs> name is the Tachita. Yeah, yeah, there's Tichita. lots of cheetahs too, you know, right? You started looking up uh, his name, and and there's there's uh, there got to be a thousand. <laughs> it there's is amazing. Plumbers, there's there's uh, carpenters. <laughs> there's, there's every there's everything. Well, you and you got, you want. and with the Mowers in this collection, you got the Tierneys too, and those Irish, you know, those Irishmen too. Yeah. So you got you got a whole collection. But I uh, uh, got lucky with the weather, and it was a nice ceremony. And uh, it didn't take uh, Joe one longer than we've ever heard him before, but it was heartfelt, and that was fun. Yeah, Joe did terrific, and uh, the whole production uh, by the twin staff, uh, uh, Julie and, and her crew, and. Dave St. Peter, of course, a uh, uh, terrific job as always. They they seem to always do a really nice job with those things, and and uh, it couldn't have been better. Uh, no, it went uh, it went very well. Uh, as far as the uh, ball club uh, this uh, week, uh, they went four and two, but I the quality of play wasn't what we've seen. They kicked it around a little bit. Uh, didn't uh, get, didn't get quite the clutch hitting that they've had in the past. Uh, it was uh, it was uh, not their A game. I didn't think uh, for much of the week. Friday You're night was fantastic. Know. So. The thing about it, Pat, is, is you're correct, and they still end up winning four. Yes. You know, so that, that's that's pretty good. There's going to be the ups and downs, as you know, the the ebb and flows of the game when you're going to play really good for a period of time, and then there's going to be some bumps in the road. The idea, if you pitch well enough, you you the bumps don't get too pro prolonged. So. Uh, uh, the idea that uh, maybe they didn't knock in the runs, uh, especially yesterday, uh, you know, was a, you know, yeah, they didn't get it done, but uh, they still had the opportunities, and and that's what you're looking for is opportunities, and eventually somebody will doink one in there somewhere, and you'll end up scoring. But I I think overall, uh, you know, you have to be pleased, and and yeah, there was some errors that were uh, maybe a little uncharacteristic, and. And uh, uh, but that's all part of the game, and and uh, but I think the the big news is how well I thought Kansas City played pretty well. Uh, talked to Ned Yost for just a minute and a half over there on uh, Saturday, and uh, he, you know, he says they, they they play hard, and and I believe them. They they do play hard, and and after yesterday's game, and which you pointed out, uh, the the Royals threw two hundred. And Plus two pitches. pitches. 202 pitches. That's a world record for a winning team in nine innings. Yeah. And for them, this, you know, the players to score, what did they score? Eight? Yes. Eight runs. 
and stand in the field <laughs> as long as they did and and running all over the place. Uh, you you got to give them a lot of credit. That that was pretty impressive uh, for what they did, and and so uh, yeah, you know you got to give the Royals. Uh, I thought a lot of credit. They they probably could have won three games over the weekend, and and they end up winning one. But uh, you know three were in grass. You know they little this or little that they win. But uh, uh, again, you got to tip your hat to them. They, that was pretty impressive by them players. Well, there's something like 25 games under 500, and their run differentials in the mid 50s. They've lost a lot of one and two run games. Yeah, probably the bullpen gets away from them some, and, and uh, uh, that looks like to me to be the biggest Achilles heel. Uh, the starters are uh, so-so, but, uh, you know, you got to give uh, the, the players on that team, I, I don't know if they can sustain that, but uh, uh, that was a pretty impressive uh, performance, especially yesterday. Hey uh, Tom, when uh, when do you recall you first seen Polanco? Uh, he was sort of the yeah. third guy in that uh, class of signees. Sano and Kepler and right. Polanco was the third guy. When did you first see him? Down in uh, spring training. Um, boy, I wish I could tell you what year it was, Pat. I can't. But uh, uh, I I remember just a very quick bat. And uh, I think I told you the story before when he he what was that? fellow's name that we had for a couple weeks, uh, Light. What's his name, Light? Uh, Pat Light, pitcher? Yeah, he threw 97, 98. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he got over here, he didn't throw that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. but over in Boston, I think he did. But uh, he turned around a fastball from that fella. I mean, he turned it around with authority, like an adult would swing. And uh, he smoked it. I, he really got my attention that day. And uh, uh, But, uh, you know, he was always very quiet. Uh, he had the big, bright eyes, and he would, you know, he'd say something to him or hello, whatever. And, uh, you know, those eyes are just <laughs> wide open. And uh, he just looked like he enjoyed playing the game and having fun out there and and being a switch hitter made him uh, doubly attractive so uh yeah uh, i i can't tell you what year it was pat but uh, uh he he could grab your attention if you just paid attention a little bit and getting him signed this spring is uh looking like a pretty good uh, uh move by the uh, front office to say uh, the they're least. making all the right moves this year so and that looks like definitely one of them uh, to get him locked in because there's no telling. He might win the batting title for all we know. And but, uh, Kepler, you know, uh, you know, is the other guy they signed. And, uh, man, has right. he taken a stride since last year. Maybe he's comfortable, more comfortable. We always talked about the at-bats. You get a certain number of at-bats. Things start uh, uh, clicking in, per se. And, and uh, some people need 700, some need 1,000, you know, 1,200 uh, before they start to get comfortable and, and feel like they can uh, produce on a regular basis. But uh, uh, signing those contracts uh, maybe ease their mind to a certain extent. I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, they're certainly doing well. And, and uh, uh, Kepler is, uh, looks dangerous, and Polanco looks dangerous every time they step in the box. You know, it's not just a base hit or a double or something. They can hit it over the fence. So they look dangerous. 
So uh, if you had ever gotten the urge to return to managing, which you didn't, but what? how much would the Colorado Rockies have had to pay you to uh, sit through a weekend like this? Uh, 90, 92 runs, 131 hits between them and the Padres. They better crank up that uh, humidor out there. Yeah, Unbelievable. You know, and you think if, if you believe uh – what they're saying about the baseball being harder and going further, uh, it's got to make it just worse. So, uh, you know, I remember we played an exhibition game there and uh, right before we were starting the season, and Dante Fichette, yes. you remember him? Yep. He was a strong guy, could hit it over the fence, and not that any everybody can, but uh, he hit a pop, I, I thought it was a pop-up, and... And I always would holler in or back or, you know, it just was an instinctual thing from me being a center fielder. You holler in or back. And and, and uh, I hollered in, and I can't remember who was playing left field. <laughs> it might have been Shane Mack or somebody. He was in right. I can't remember. But uh, he, the, the outfielder caught the ball on the warning track, and I hollered in. <laughs> I went, oh, my God, this is got to be a nightmare. But, uh, and I've seen enough balls get hit to know whether it's in or yes. back. You know, and, I, and I went, my goodness gracious. That's... But, uh, again, uh, that's all part of uh, baseball in Colorado. Well, yeah, and to me it was always the uh, everybody, the outfielders have to play deep, so deep everybody goes first to third. Uh, there's there's well, no chance to throw anybody no, out. It's a, and it's a spacious field, yes. too. It's big and... <laughs> in that outfield so and you got to play deeper and and you know they got no chance so the outfielders are limited and uh sometimes the, the better fundamentals you can play in hitting the cutoff men and all that stuff and not overthrow things which create which makes things worse uh you know the it's the idea you really got to play a solid game when you play colorado because any many mistakes are going to be magnified I uh, I was uh, running through the box scores today, and I forgot to mark down and count them up. But uh, there must be uh, it must have been ten teams that scored ten runs on Sunday. Well, uh, I think Pat, uh, if you look closely, uh, just about every day, it's it's a big number, and they're crooked, and uh, it's just uh, amazing. You know, the, and I, I'm really starting to believe that the ball is probably uh, uh, I don't want to use the word juiced, but it's. Uh, different and goes further because the, the players are hitting them to the opposite field and they go a very long way and they're not just getting over the fence they're going up seven eight ten rows twelve rows you know so uh the opposite field homers will um i think are a pretty good indicator if the ball's uh, jumping a little bit more than it did and Carnacion must feel like he died and went to heaven uh, hitting in that ballpark, huh? After he's already got twenty-one in Seattle, which is uh, spacious. Uh, now he gets to go play in the uh, bandbox of all time. Yeah, but you know those kind of guys when they hit them, they hit them. You know, yep. they don't just hit them over the fence. They they hit them a long way. So, but uh, going to. Uh, uh, maybe the bottom uh, in the standings going to the uh, first place team. That's uh, that's quite a boost in the arm, and you know, and it's it's hard to pitch around him. And I thought he was being pitched around. Well, we did. Yep. We pitched around him, and I'm sure that happened uh, other places as well. But when uh, I guess uh, 
Stanton's coming back. Stanton and Judge are uh, both on rehab right now. Yeah, they're so. coming back. So when you plug them guys in and they're swinging halfway decent, uh, you're not going to be able to pitch around in Carnation. So it's a. Uh, uh, my goodness, he's going to be like a kid in the candy store. Uh, Tom Kelly's with us. Well, uh, they're going to have the one thing they're going to have to do by doing this. I mean, they're adding a big bat, but uh, they're going to have to play Stanton in the outfield now, and uh, he doesn't have much left out there as an outfield. Well, you know, it's not that big out there. I mean, yeah. Maybe you can hide him in right. Uh, you know, if he hit it over his head, you just turn around. <laughs> you know, there's no sense going back. Uh, but Judge, I don't know, he's usually a a right fielder, so yeah. I don't know what they're going to do, but uh, the Yankees will figure it out. <laughs> figure out a way to, uh, if he gives up uh, a run or so here and there uh, with his defense, uh, he's very capable of uh, of uh, matching that number and adding on a few more. So, you know, if he's swinging good, he's, he certainly probably is not a liability. Among the people that uh, showed up for, uh, to uh, salute uh, J- uh, Joe this uh, past weekend was uh, Johan Santana. And every time I uh, see Johan, I'm wondering, uh, you were used to the Twins uh, bringing in these Rule 5 draftees who uh, were marginal, to say the least. Uh, how did you know he was different right away in 2000? Well, Terry Bryant tells this story. Uh, and I don't remember saying it to him, Pat, but uh, he tell he swears by it. Uh, uh, he he told he tells a story that when we sent him to AAA uh, yes. the following year, two thousand one, right? Right. Yeah. He went to AAA and and uh, to pitch, and, yes. You know, pitch into the game, uh, use his pitches, and and obviously he learned the changeup, but. Uh, he, Terry tells a story that I swore to him, whatever you do, do not lose this guy. And uh, But I don't remember it, but Terry <laughs> swears by it. But, uh, uh, you know, uh, but you could see he certainly had the ability and talent, and, and uh, he certainly wasn't ready to pitch in the big leagues. But once he went back down to AAA and, and got his starts on a regular basis and uh, – uh, Worked on his change up and and got that going. Uh, he he quickly uh, propelled himself and to uh, his stature that he has now. But uh, um, yeah, I wish I could remember me telling Terry that <laughs> credit, but I, I just don't remember that. Did he? Uh, now that first year, you you gave him about five starts and he pitched in thirty games, two thousand. But right. did he have the change up yet, or was he just oh. throwing a version of it? No, I don't remember him having the, that change. Not certainly not like it. Anyway. Not like it became. Because sure. I would never let him go if that was the case. <laughs> but uh, he would have been out there more often. But uh, he was, you know, the guy you had to protect him and and try to get him in where he could earn his paycheck per se and and uh, use him. You know, you know, if it's eight to one or seven to two or something, you could put him in and and uh, give him a good, you know, a taste, and, and we could see what we got and where we have to go with him. But, uh, you know, it, there was, it, which Rule 5s usually end up yeah. doing is those kind of things. Uh, you see the good arm, and you, you like his arm and everything, but 
the control and the quality of pitches may may not be there, but you 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 have a good arm. And you know, back in those days, Patrick, as you remember, it, if somebody had a good arm, you kept them around. Oh yeah, it could, you know, it could get it. He could get it at any time. And and uh, you know, I've seen it so much in the minor leagues where. You know, I go watch and, and report on the pitchers, and, and you see them once, maybe the relievers a couple times, but the starters probably one time, and, and you, you see them, and they might not have the bad, they might have not the greatest day, but you see certain pitches that are pretty good, and you, and you, you, you know, you write it down and you send it in, and, and uh, well, he gave up five runs and, and five innings, or, you know, walk four, but you saw something there you know you saw a good slider or be able to pitch inside and then go away and you see certain things but the consistency is not there and so you you know you write that all down and and uh, uh a month later they're they win five in a row you know so it can happen very quickly with a little adjustment here or a proper coaching uh the players and pitchers uh, whoever can quickly improve so uh, you know, just because you might not see the greatest game pitch, you do see certain at- attributes uh, that the uh, pitcher may have. And, and this was the same thing with Johan. He, you could see certain things there and life and a strong arm and, uh, you know, and be able to throw the ball and keep hitters off balance to a certain extent. But uh, the consistency is not there where he could perform and win games at the big league level. So, uh, you know, so they need time to develop, and and actually, we rushed him up there pretty yep. quickly. You know, Johan. So yep. uh, he he didn't. Uh, you know, give him all the credit. He did a uh, did the work, learned the pitches and the control and command. And uh, what got me was that he could make that changeup do a couple different things. You know, <laughs> he had, he had one he could throw for a strike, and then he had another one he throw for the strikeout. He could make it. <laughs> <laughs> I never really knew that till my I said, "What the hell?" And he, he said, "Well, I just turned the grip. I, I I move my grip, and I can get it to move." I said, "Well, Jesus, I might throw that one all the time." <laughs> but, uh, he was a very talented pitcher and had uh, enormous success, uh, Cy Young, and all that stuff. So, uh, what a pickup by uh, Terry and his staff to get this guy. Hall of Fame ball shagger and ball batting practice too, man. Yeah, he was an know, athlete, and, and man. Players, you know, don't think the players don't know who's out there shagging and running <laughs> around and helping, you know, picking up the balls and things. They they know who's out there. Plus, he could have been a center fielder, man. Could he? He was an athlete. Well, things went well for him once he got established in the big league. So, I'm sure it was fun for him to go to the ballpark every day. TK, I feel like the biggest travesty in, in Johan's career is that he didn't get that Cy Young in 2005. Otherwise, wow. he would have had three in a row. He was so good in 05 and didn't get the award. Who was that? Uh, Bartolo? Bartolo. I think Bartolo got in 05, yeah. What was his nickname? Didn't he have a nickname? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Bartolo uh, uh, won it that year, and, and uh, uh, I don't know who votes on all that stuff, but uh, uh, again... Uh, uh, maybe they didn't feel like they wanted to give Johan too many, but uh, uh, again, yeah, there's there's a, a strong argument that he should have won that year as well. Okay, hey, uh, thank you, sir, and we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Thanks, Tom. Okay, Pat. Okay, All right, Manny. Uh, All right. Uh, the great Tom Kelly. 
Among the people who voted for Bartolo Colon is the co-host of this uh, of this <laughs> podcast, uh, Patrick Ricey, along with Manny Hill. Uh, so, uh, you know, we we felt more uh, strongly about wins then than we do sure. now. So, and uh, Bartolo was good that year. Oh, he was great. He was deserving of it too. Plus, everything being equal, I'm always going to vote for the fat guy. Okay. <laughs> And even then, he was a robust gentleman. He had a he had a generous carriage. Even then, the carriage got more impressive. But uh, even then, I probably uh, feel a little bad about that uh, these years later because I'm uh, I love that guy, Johan. Oh, he was my favorite. I think if if I'm going to rate all, t- you know, you got to go with Cotton Bly Levin because of longevity, sure, yeah, and uh, all those things. But for a seven year period. He's the best pitcher that or six year period, o two to actually o one to o seven. He's the best pitcher the Twins ever had. Yeah, and then his first couple of years when he got traded to the Mets, he was still pretty oh, good too. And then yeah. and then he had the shoulder stuff. Yeah, that was, that but, was unfortunate. Uh, it's a it's a what what's a crime is he got booted off the Hall of Fame ballot in one year. You know yeah. he didn't get five percent. Come on, I, I voted for him to keep him on the ballot, uh, mm-hmm. knowing that he wasn't, you know. But sometimes these guys build momentum. He's not a Hall of Famer, but he's he's damn close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll be back uh, with uh, Tim Kirchin. Tim Kirchin, ESPN and ESPN.com. A Joe Maurer weekend here in the uh, Twin Cities, and they sold out three straight games, and I think they had uh, – uh, they've had like five sellouts now in the last nine home games. The crowd has responded to good baseball. Well, <laughs> it's been really good baseball, Pat, and it just keeps going. I thought at some point they were going to stop scoring runs, and I'm not sure that's going to happen anytime soon. It's a really impressive group they got going here. I look at that lineup on a daily basis, and I think, now, why didn't I see more runs being scored in spring training? I thought they'd be good. I didn't think they'd be this good. But it's a great sign when it's a young team like this on the rise and everyone's backing them up. Yeah, and uh, they, they actually they just went 4-2. and two. Now they got the Red Sox in here Monday. And, uh, the you know, Red Sox were three games. The Red Sox are playing well now, finally. And uh, they they just went four and two at home, and they didn't really play that well. But they still figured out a way to win four out of six. But they kicked it around a little bit, and their fielding has been uh, pretty dang good until right now. So you know, but that you know, you have weeks like that, and if you can still win two thirds of your games, you're in pretty good shape. Right. Well, we'll see how they do against the Red Sox. Last four games, the Red Sox have scored thirty five runs and hit fourteen homers. Which, by the way, Pat is no big deal anymore. <laughs> no, no. This, this absurd home run thing, Pat, I'll just I'll just rip off a few things. Okay. 13 homers in one game. Yes. That Diamondbacks I... and Phillies. Diamondbacks' first three guys in the order hit a home run to start the game. <laughs> the Braves hit a home run in five consecutive innings for the first time in the history of the franchise. Justin Verlander struck out 15 and allowed three homers in a game. No one has ever struck out 15 and given up three homers in a game. Those are just a few things, not to mention 92 runs scored in a four-game series between the Padres 
and the Rockies. It has been out of control. We've talked about it on this show for five years, Pat, but now it's worse than ever. Balls are just leaving at an unprecedented rate. I was going to mention that perhaps we ought to turn the temperature down another 10 degrees on the humidor in uh, in Denver because uh, that's unbelievable. 131 hits and uh, 92 runs in a four-game series. And I've said, I know you're a big basketball guy, Tim, and I they have turned the three-pointer into a non-event uh, to the point it dominates the game completely. And I'm not comparing three-pointers and home runs, but the to that degree, the same things happen in baseball. If somebody hits a home run, and unless it wins the game or there's two guys on base, you hardly notice. Yeah, Pat, it is the three-point shot. Those two games mirror themselves, I believe. It's a layup, it's a dunk, or it's a three-pointer and there's not much in between. It's a strikeout, sometimes a walk, and a homer, and not much in between. But this is what they wanted. This is what they asked for. And just another reminder, you better be careful what you ask for. <laughs> I, think, I think we're to the point now, Pat, where we're going to have to re-engineer the baseball. Yes, yes. Get it, it to some degree. Whether it's livelier than it's been is, is irrelevant. It's too lively right now. And if you deaden it, at least some of the little guys, not picking on anyone, the Tommy LaSellas of the world will say, all right, the ball's not traveling like it used to. Now I'm going to shorten up. I'm going to put a ball in play. I'm going to do what I used to do before everyone started hitting homers. It still will have a tremendous number of home runs hit because nothing's going to stop the big boys. It's the little guys. I know Cattell Marte has a lot of power and is a strong guy, Pat. But he's got 20 home runs. He had 14 last year in 153 games. I just had this the other day. The Twins have already hit more homers on the road than they did all last year. And they had that by June the 10th. Yep. There's something wrong with that picture. And it's so out of hand that we got a little guy complaining about little guys hitting home runs. <laughs> Tim Kirchner, a famous little guy, is wondering about all the little guys hitting home runs. Look, Pat, it's like anything else. When there is too much of something, it loses its value. If you're yelling at your kids all the time, <laughs> they don't listen to you. Yes. But if you're calm, 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 and then you raise your voice, somebody recognizes, I better listen. This is important. But we don't even know what's important anymore when we have balls flying out of the ballpark at this rate. Did you take a fair look at the uh, Twins uh, box score on Sunday? Did you manage to see? The Kansas City Royals won a nine-inning game when their pitchers threw 202 pitches. Well, they also won a nine-inning game uh, 10 days ago with three players striking out four times (laughs) in a nine-inning game. Never happened before in the history of baseball that any team has won a nine-inning game with three guys with four more strikeouts. That's what the Royals did 10 days ago. Just the other day, last Wednesday, the Brewers won a game. They won a game with 24 strikeouts. (laughs) There's only been four games in the history of baseball. The Brewers have played in two of them where you strike out 24 times 
and win the game. And what this does is it provides ammunition for our new stack guys that, look, you can hit a homer, strike out, and still win. I'm just saying, I understand that part. But are you winning the right way? Is this the product you really want to see? I've been saying for years, I don't think so. Tim, me and Pat were talking just a couple of weeks ago on this podcast about how much we miss the double. We just we <laughs> missed the double. The double has gone away from baseball, much like to make the comparison to basketball again. It's gone away just like the mid-range shot in basketball has gone away. It's like, I miss the double, Tim. I want more doubles. Well, I'd like to see more singles. I'd like to see more triples. You, you know... The, the Indians and the Marlins both set records this year for most games into a season without a triple. They bro- The record had been held by the 82 Giants, like 41 games. They both beat that record this year. And you're right, the double has disappeared, the single has disappeared. We're just trying to get a ball up in the air, and we're not worried about it unless it goes over the fence. And, again, it's just too much, and I only say this – not as some angry, bitter old guy. I just really love the game, and I just think it can be played better than it's being played right now. All right. Uh, Stanton and Judge both on rehab, ready to come back. Big Aaron Judge is probably the most dangerous, next to Trout, the most dangerous right-handed hitter in the game. And uh, Stanton, you know, you got him, you're on the hook for him for about four more years. At huge money. Why do they want Encarnacion? Well, that's a great question, Pat. And I, I, this is how it was explained to me. They're trying. They think they can win more regular season games and get a great playoff spot with Encarnacion as opposed to say Dallas Keuchel. Their thinking is: let's win as many games as we can in the regular season. And then we'll be in a position in the playoffs to be to be good. The and problem then is, they can let their bullpen win all their games for them in the in the right. Yeah. But here's this is what happened last year, Pat. The reason one reason they lost to the Red Sox was the Red Sox put it in play way more often, and the Yankees are going to get like 500 strikeouts from last year added to their roster in the next 10 days. And again, one of them is Judge, and he plays. Every inning for me, every day. That's how good that kid is. But you add that many strikeouts, and the key is, Pat, this Yankee team, this amazing team they've put together so far with these all these bench guys are playing the game differently. They realize we can't hit it out of the ballpark every inning, so they're putting it in play. They're moving the ball around. Now they're going to have to make an adjustment with all the strikeouts returning I know I talked to a major league manager who whispered to me this morning, what are they doing? He asked me that. What are they doing going to get the guy who has the most home runs since 2012? Well, the, uh, and the Yankee fans had fallen in love with Clint Fraser, and now he could say, although he might butcher a ball once in a while, uh, but uh, now, now he gets sent to the minors. He's got to be ammunition for a trade, right? Yeah, he has to be, Pat. I mean, he's on a pace to hit 25, 30 home runs, and they just sent him to the minor league. Yes, I think they need to use him to go get, uh, you know, Trevor Bauer or Madison Bumgarner or Marcus Stroman or somebody else for that rotation just so they don't get to October like last year and say, 
we have the most prolific offensive team when it comes to power anyone has ever seen, and it didn't do them any good. The Astros lineup, when it gets healthy, Pat, is going to be better than this Yankee lineup because of the things that lineup can do. Move the ball around, a little bit better balance, left-handed, right-handed pitching. So, yes, hitting, I think the Yankees have to go out and get a starter, and I would be shocked if they didn't. Of uh, Bauer, Bumgartner, uh, Bauer, uh, and and Strowman, Bauer's obviously going to uh, demand the highest ransom, I would guess. Huh? Yes, because Bumgarner's going to be a rental because he's going to go to free agency, but he's still got that amazing postseason record. But, Pat, he's not the pitcher he was four years ago. He has not been a really good pitcher for a couple years now. So that's tricky, and Strowman's got free agency ahead also. So I think Bauer is a great choice. The bigger question is, can he pitch in New York? He's an unusual guy. How would that go? Um, but they'll get one of those guys or somebody else to help that team. Uh, a lot of people wondering if Bauer comes into a clubhouse, if he'll stir it up. I think that, uh, you know, we spent a lot of time worried about distractions in all sports, and I think it's nonsense because most, in, in most cases, because most athletes just do go about their own life. But I, I would think Bauer's a guy that's over the corner and everybody says, boy, is that guy goofy, but I like it when he pitches for us. Yeah, he's fearless, and he competes. And for all his oddities off the field, his preparation, some of the things he does on Twitter, all you really care about is every fifth day, what are you going to get? And he's got great stuff. And, again, he's going to go after anybody who's out there because he doesn't care. So I think he'll be fine in New York if, of course, that's what happens. I just know the Yankees, with all they've put into this year catching the Red Sox, they can't just sit back and not do anything with their rotation. Uh, Boston uh, in town right now with uh, playing the Twins. Are, have they finally, uh, boy, Chris Sale, we were all wondering about that, and he's been great lately. Uh, what, uh, are they finally got it figured out? Their bullpen is still, mm, I, I'm not sure. Yeah. They have some bullpen issues. I think their offense is, is back now, not like it was last year, but it's back. Uh, they're starting pitching. I think is going to be fine. I think they got to go get, you know, Sean Doolittle from the Nationals. Yep. They got to get someone to get the last three outs. And if you don't get a closer, you better get a great eighth inning guy. But I think they need a ninth inning guy. And I know Doolittle fits perfectly for them. But we don't know what the Nationals are going to do. And we'll know a lot more after this week. They got like six, seven straight against the Phillies and the Braves. Yeah, and uh, it it is something, boy. When uh, when when you get into a team, it doesn't matter where the team is in the standings. You get into teams bullpen deep in their bullpen, like Atlanta did the other day against Philadelphia. You can score a hundred. You can just keep putting them up there. Pat, just look at the scores we've had in yes. the last week. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Not just that Colorado San Diego game. I mean. Arizona Nationals both got 15. We had 16 yesterday for the Braves. It, it's really crazy, and yet we can turn around and have a one nothing game with 26 strikeouts, and no one would be surprised because it goes back to the original point. The all-or-nothing feast or famine game we're playing today uh, 
doesn't surprise anybody anymore. Uh, the Twins, by the way, uh, a week ago, a little more now, they sent the uh, very popular La Tortuga to Rochester, Will and Zastadio. Many of us were outraged. And uh, he went down there, and the first week he hit 630. <laughs> <laughs> the game needs more guys that look like him. <laughs> this is what separates baseball I love it so much. At the end, Tony Gwynn was a you know pretty short, little, heavy set guy with the greatest hands you've ever seen. David Eckstein is my height. You know, Dustin Pedroia's got smaller hands than mine, not even close. And this guy's a short, little, fat guy who can really play and can really move. And that's why baseball is so great because it comes in all shapes and sizes as long as you have the skills. Timmy, uh, thanks. Talk to you in a couple of weeks, sir. Okay, Pat, see you. All right, the great Tim Kirkchen. And uh, uh, so the TK doubleheader, I hope you enjoyed it. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, Ricey Manny Hill, Ricey on baseball, uh, and Buster Olney next week.